When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve, how is this? So, talk about No, I'm joking. We're not actually going to speak Irish. The panic on all your faces. Um, we are uh, Mother Folklore, so we're going to be with you for the next uh, hour or so, chatting about all things Irish, but ask Berla, so don't panic. Um, I am Geraldine McAvoy. Uh, my name is Emer Duffy. And we are regular contributors to the Mother Folklore podcast. Uh, missing from the stage is our host, the daddy-o of uh, Mother Folklore, Dara Roche, uh, who's not with us today because he's too much of a jackeen to come down and sleep in a tent in Strad Valley. Um, no, he just couldn't be here today. Uh, yeah, uh, Derek also has another book coming out. It's called Crack Baby something, something, something. Yeah, uh, It's coming out pretty soon, so we'll plug that for him, even though he couldn't come down here because he's too fond of himself to <laughs> in a field, drinking cans with yeah. the rest of Are you all enjoying Picnic? Yeah. Is anyone from around? Anyone local? Where are you from? Oh, okay, that's fine. He's from Port Leash. It's fine. Uh, I'm also from around. I'm from just outside uh, uh, Stradbally. So I went home last night, had a shower, had a Sunday dinner today, slept in my own bed. It was class. You're all jealous. Emer came with me. It was unreal. I, I get crushed. Would recommend. I just kind of turned up and knocked on the door and her mom was like, yeah. here is all of the food I can possibly yeah. cook at once and it's in front of you. Eat it. It's class. And I was like, happy would recommend. days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so got my shower this morning. Got like a good seven hour sleep into me. Um, so now we're here. We're ready to, to talk to you guys. To rock and roll. Yeah. Um, anybody or listener to the podcast, actually? Anyone listen? Oh, some of you guys. Hello. All right. Fair hey. enough. Hopefully we'll Sorry. have some more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you guys, what are you doing? Why are you not listening? Yeah. Uh, as I said, are you enjoying picnic? Everyone have a good time and let your picnic. It's a great year. Uh, great, great lineup this year. Who have you been enjoying? Anyone in particular? Very good. Do Willie. But yeah, right. She was amazing last night. She was so good. Um, I knew she'd be good, but I didn't realize she'd be that yeah. good. I just want to be her friend and hang out with her and yeah. take her clothes. But that brings us that nicely, nice segue there. We didn't have a plant in the audience or anything for that. Yeah. Uh, nice segue onto what we wanted to talk about today. Uh, we wanted to talk about uh, strong women in Ireland and strong and Irish culture and around strong women. Because Derek's not here today to keep putting manners on us, so Emer and I were like, we're strong women, we're going to talk about strong women. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, um, and not? if you guys don't like that, that's because you're misogynist. No, yeah. um, <laughs> we want you out. Just, yeah. just leave now. Take this as your cue. <laughs> no, it's raining outside. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were just kind of thinking among ourselves, like you know, do a leap. It's a great time for like strong women. 2018 is Blay in the the year of Irish, but it's also, I think, a little bit unofficially year of women. And we just kind of wanted to shine a light today on on women in Irish culture and strong particularly strong women in Irish culture and how they're often forgotten um, and how they're often pushed aside but yet form integral parts um, of that uh, of our discourse as a, as a country um, and, and going back to, to like ancient Ireland we have people like Queen Maeve 
um, who was a bit of a badass. If you don't know the tone, it's that story that you might have done way back in primary school about the bull. You remember all of that? Yeah, yeah, no. no um, a, few, a few blank stares she, there. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, it's there. It's in there. You get in there. Um, yeah. About, you know, there was a, a big row anyway up in Ulster and Queen Mae was involved. Um, Google it. I don't have time. That's not what this is about. Yeah. Um, uh, Grony Whale then, who was like our pretty badass lady pirate in Mayo. Like, she's great crack as well. So yeah, so uh, there there has been you know these these amazing stories of Irish women, but they're like standouts. So there's Countess Markovic then as well, who was involved in the 1916 Rising, um, was part of the first doll. Um, but you know they're they're snapshots throughout history. But they, you know they weren't the first women to do things. You know there was come in the van and the man involved in 1916. You know women have always been a strong part of of of, of Irish culture, but also other cultures as well. But have historically been hidden. Um, uh, there's, there was a great documentary on RT late, earlier on in the summer. I just recently got home and I had it recorded. Couldn't catch it on the player. Nice one, RT player. It's class. Yeah. Um, they. It was um, No Country for Old Women. It's a, it's a great documentary kind of exposing uh, Irish women in, in and, and kind of the atrocities that have happened to Irish women. They talked about the Magdalene Laundries. They talked about... Um, uh, just uh, historical abuse of women, women not getting paid, women not having rights. Um, so in the context of everything that's been happening in the past year, it's been great. They're talking about having another referendum, I believe, on the same date as the presidential election, moving this women's place in the home out of the... Oh, we yeah. also have an episode on that. It's like episode two or three, so get listening to that, guys. Um, we have better production value now, though. <laughs> Um, or we talked about the meaning of that particular article, but it's a piece in the Constitution that effectively says in English that a woman's place is in the home. Um, I believe, were you part of that podcast you were? I can't remember. No. It's so long ago. It's like a year ago. Uh, if she you can't tell, Gardings <laughs> focuses on law and yeah. I focus on women in Ireland. Yeah. So together just we've just... Fucking love women. Here we are. Um, um, but uh, yeah, so we talk about the meaning of that article and the meaning of uh, women in the home. And then, so the Irish translation of that particular article says that women have a specific place in the home. So it's not, or in the, the family, sorry, not in the home. So what that kind of can be read as like an economic protection for um, maternity leave or stuff like that, but it's also archaic and outdated. So um, yeah, it's like a, a there, there, there is a movement to remove it from the constitution. There is also other problematic areas of our constitution, just so you're all aware that we're not <laughs> finished repealing shit yet. <laughs> Um, uh, but this particular one, I mean, it doesn't have any effect on anyone's life, uh, but it, it sets like a really shitty tone, like back to the kitchen with you ladies. Um, but yeah, medieval Irish. What about that? Like <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you've, you've talked before, um, about your focus on, um, on, uh, women, uh, historically and how women are scripted or how women historically have been described from the viewpoint of, of men. Yeah, so basically what I do is I study literary sources. Um, not anymore because I sold out and got a corporate job, so here I am. <laughs> but um, what I used to do was um, study literary sources relating to women. It, obviously, it's all we have to study from certain time periods. But um, when you're looking at these, you also have to understand when they were written, how they were written, and who they were written by. And given the time period that I focus on, the only, um, shall I say, educated um, would have been men. And all of these texts would have been written in a religious kind of a confine. 
So um, obviously you're going to have a lot of bias there with what you're reading and things. So I try and have a little snoop in, see what I can figure out. Um, and it's kind of, it's surprising a lot of the time because even when I say they're like, oh, you know, these texts are written by men. They're written in a religious institution. People are like, oh, there we go. It's going to be another one of these like bits in the constitution where it's like back to the kitchen, ladies. But you have these kind of amazing standout strong individual characters now some of them we can't attest to being real or or mythological but um we can do the best we can with the sources that we have um and look at things like um legal material and speech rights and um places in society and places in the family and things like that so um I suppose Gardine as well focuses a lot on speech rights from a human rights perspective, um, whereas I would look at them more from the legal aspect in in an early medieval Irish setting. Um, and I suppose, but they're historically written by. I mean, these are generally men that are doing yeah. the writing. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a it's description of a, a woman, a, like a woman from where, however long ago, but through the the eyes of a man. Yeah. So you're getting a woman's voice scripted by a man. Basically, is what you're getting, but. Um, one of the most interesting texts and a lot of people who even scratch the surface on medieval Irish history think like oh you know women had so much legal power and look at this because there's this huge long um kind of a legal aspect of kind of marriage law and things they're like oh look at all of these cool things like you know a woman can divorce her husband if he gets too fat and things like this but it's also the only time you really see um, an influence or like a female influence in Irish law. And that's because it only exists because of men. You know, it's, it's kind of it's qualified because it's relating to a male presence. Yeah. Kind of a thing. But you still get these kind of standout characters. You get like uh, like the sake of Emer or, or ever who we have done um, a podcast episode on because she's class and I love her but um, she's kind of I think I tried to describe her in my thesis as a literary middle finger and my supervisor was like Emer you can't say that and I was like fair enough but I'm gonna try um, she's saying it now it's going on I'm saying now. it now you know and there are more people sitting here than people that read my thesis so let's, let's it's, it's fine <laughs> I'm winning in the long run <laughs> um, so yeah I suppose um, she kind of just stood back from everyone she usurped shall we say um, speech laws and speech rights because um, like a woman's counsel shall we say um, like advice or um, or otherwise from a woman was always disregarded um it was ill-sought advice and bad things would happen to you if you took it but um so she kind of she did a bit of that um she fought for her man her man was Cucullin and he was cheating um Gardine has called him a fuckboy uh before which please feel free to email into the yeah. show and complain about me doing that as well yeah. I love to hear that yeah, we got a, we got one or two uh, we got one or two comments on that Thanks, one. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> sound. But um, so he was uh, he was off doing his thing. He was he was cheating away, and uh, my gal, my woman, um, used this like these speech rights that she didn't have. Um, I, it's almost like she kind of created them for herself, and she spoke in this kind of this complicated verse um, to, well, as a sign of her in intelligence or whatever else. 
Um, so she uses kind of complicated verse that women were never seen using, that women weren't supposed to use or even like allowed to use. Um, and she won her man back. Yeah. And still, I mean, that's, well, you know, Ever Emer is like an amazing literary figure. She's still, we know her because she was fighting to get her man back. Like, that's why we know who she is, because she was not Ku Cullen's side piece, Ku Cullen's main piece. Ku Cullen's side piece was a bit that she was fighting against. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's why, again, because there's a man involved. So I think it's really interesting. Um, I've got a, a PhD thesis topic for anyone. Emer, you can take it as well. Thanks. It's for free. Um, uh, a, a comparison between, like, medieval Irish women um, or medieval women in, in Irish uh, culture being described from a male perspective and everything that's happening in like like Me Too Hollywood right now like you know all of these like stories about women we have are stories about minorities stories about people that aren't white um, cisgendered straight men they're all described through the lens of that uh, gender normative uh, straight white man male perspective um, so it's a really interesting comparison to see that, like, even from, like, however many centuries ago, nothing has actually changed. Like, we still hear the stories of women. We still hear the stories of minoritized groups through the lens of men. She's right. Thanks, guys. I'm telling you, uh, PhD, yeah. you, can, you can cite me in your, your, uh, your acknowledgements when you, when you write yeah. that. Thanks. Get back to Just. me on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it is a really interesting uh, uh, topic. I mean, it's not the first time that, like, there's been, like, a movement forward for, for women. Like... We were in the throwback tent last night and they were playing Spice Girls. And like in the 90s, I was like, this, like I was like five, six. I was like, oh my God, this is, women are class. Like, you know, we've got two women presidents full on thought that to be a president, you had to be a lady and you had to be named Mary. Uh, but I, in fairness, I also thought that to be the Taoiseach, you had to be a man. And then the Taunishta had to be a woman because Bertie and Mary Harney were like my consciousness of Taoiseach and, and Taunishta. I don't know. I didn't put too much thought into like politics in Ireland when I was like five. I was more concerned about which Spice Girl I wanted to be. It was Baby Spice. Um, really? But like, yeah. I would put spice. you more as a posh. No, see, I had like little blonde hair, like so, like I oh, related yeah. to to baby. My cousin Michelle also wanted to be baby spice, so we would fight over it sometimes. Contentious issue. Like <laughs> I would let her be baby spice, but then secretly I'd be like, I'm baby spice. <laughs> um, but you know, there was this movement in the '90s, like, oh, women are class, like the, the spice girls are going to take over the world, world domination, and then that sort of fizzed away. So I'm really hopeful that um. it doesn't fizz away. It's not just like trendy now to wear a necklace that says feminist as she sits before you wearing a necklace that says feminist. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that there is a change and, like, maybe more women will get involved in writing their own stories and we don't have to hear these, these uh, stories of, uh, through men. You know, we have some great female writers in Ireland at the minute. We have, you know, some really strong voices. Louise O'Neill is amazing. She writes some amazing stories. Um, Marion Keys. Marion Keys is... The love of our lives. Yeah, pretty much. I <laughs> we um, love Marion. She's yeah. a great, such a good storyteller and such a good... She named my thesis for me. Ah, oh, did she? She did, yeah. Aww. That was that was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, I was... It was the last week of my thesis and I realized that I had no title for it. So I did what all intellectual individuals do and I took to my Twitter account and I was like, will somebody please name my thesis for me? <laughs> um, and I put up a little Twitter poll and um, next thing, Marion Keys replied to it, and she was like, I think this one, and I was like, there we go. So Marion Keys kind of named my thesis for yeah. me because she's sound. 
just everyone be quiet now because the guy is asleep in the front row there so just don't wake him yeah. all right yeah. <laughs> it's okay it's fine don't worry <laughs> it's a long picnic i know yeah. it's fine <laughs> um yeah but we have some great women telling stories about women um so i'm really really hopeful that there that this will translate into some movies and then maybe they might be directed but i mean it's a really slow progress i mean it's so fucking slow um i i know like the last oscars like the first ever woman was nominated for like Director of photography or something? It's fucking 2018. This is madness. Like, how is this how is this reality that like it's it's you know 2018 and the first woman has been uh, nominated, didn't win, but was nominated. Uh we don't have a we've never had a female US president, we've never had a female Taoiseach. You know, there there is so much ground to be made. Um and it's it's slow coming and I'm annoyed with how slow it is but I'm also too annoyed with politics to get involved uh, I was just over in the comedy tent and there was a guy like making jokes about the last uh, presidential election do you remember how nuts that was and we were like oh this is mad like it's only a presidential election like lol that'll never happen again and then Trump got fucking elected and now we have a load of lulas like everybody and their ma is running for election it's it's really interesting again bringing it back to the feminism guys um, there's that person who shall remain, remain nameless because I don't want to get sued because she's suing everybody but there's a movement that, you know we should support her because she's a lady and I mean, I draw the line at that. Like, I'm not just going to support you because you own a uterus. Like, that's. I, I mean, I, I will look into your like your policies as well if they line up. But it's really interesting to see that reaction to it as well. It's like, oh, sh you know, there's an anti-establishment woman. Like, we should totally support her. I mean, you support her if you want. You do, you girl. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But also, like, don't be a conspiracy theorist. You're going to get yeah. sued. <laughs> I'm mean, so careful what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so um, that's all I'll say on that again, because I won't get sued. Um, yeah. uh, but by all means, send an angry email into the show. We fucking love that. It's class. Yeah. It, it makes for great um, mailbag episodes. We do episodes where we, we, call, we read out your lovely letters. And um, they're yeah. always, lo we love getting corrected on our pronunciation and our, our grammar. Yeah, it's, this is what makes Irish so class. Oh, it's the lads favorite, who correct your grammar. They're my favorite was class. a man decided to email in, a, ma a man. And oh, men, <laughs> two men leaving. Bye, see you later. Like your socks. <laughs> uh, got a little wave there. Cheers. Um, and he said that he didn't like the non palatalized G in Nullig. Yeah. We oh, were yeah. There. He said we weren't like, doing the glottal stop properly. Like, uh, thanks, by the way. Please email our show. But, yeah. like, Get a life. We're going to rip the shite out of you. <laughs> Start yeah. criticizing the way we pronounce cheese. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so. no, it's, it's. I mean, we don't, we, we have great listeners. The listeners are fantastic. They're really supportive. Yeah. Um, but we do get the odd men. But also keep in mind that I come from rural Kerry and I have a lot more issues with my accent than a non-palatalized G in the word Nolik. You know you're in rural leash right now. So if you're going to start rating on accents, like maybe here is not the spot. Does anyone like appalled by the midlands accents like i yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm from this there. area and i'm very conscious of it um and i have some friends who are up for the picnic who are not from this area and they don't realize what my accent is like in real life because i like i mask it for them and then they're like oh my god what the fuck is wrong with you like <laughs> does something die inside you you sound like nile horan it's disgusting um uh, yeah not that there's anything wrong with the midlands but just like Pronounce that TH like it won't kill you guys. Yeah. Just that dim and doze. That's yeah. the way the TH goes. The um the lad that's behind me is from D4 and he's a real like D4 lad. Lovely fella. But I was on the phone to my mom one day 
a 30 second phone call telling me that I got posts that she'd probably already opened and uh, afterwards I hung up and next thing all I hear from behind me is Jesus Zimmer thought I was going to need subtitles for that and I was like <laughs> yeah you forget how strong it is I'm in so charge of your I'm payroll. apologizing <laughs> on behalf of all of Leash for the accents yeah. like uh, but it, uh, like with the caveat that they're definitely worse than Carlo, like they're unless you're a Saoirse Ronan, but like people people shit on Saoirse Ronan for not having a Carlo accent. Um, have you ever heard a Carlo accent? Like that's why she doesn't have a Carlo accent because they're yeah. fucking shite. Like yeah. they're so bad. Yeah. Um, so I apologize every time Kieran Maluli is down doing a report, like in Longford, I just cringe to the light. I'm like, oh god, make it stop, please, make it stop. But it's really interesting that uh, we've moved on topics now, by the way. We're starting talking about something else. We couldn't get an hour out of women, so we decided we talk about yeah. um, and we always a ginormous tangent. We've already done the, the women in the show numerous yeah. times, so we decided we do too. So, uh, Derek, yeah. if you're listening and you want to split this up, it's grand. We don't mind. Yeah. Uh, normally, the shows aren't an hour long. Um, I mean, in the myself and Gardine did the Blind Boy podcast, the live one back yeah, we in so famous. March. And uh, you might have seen us there, but uh, I remember we were sitting there and it was, was it an hour and a half or something or other. Two fucking hours. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I think in the we middle of it, we, started, for two hours, we started talking about charcoal face masks and we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's relevant. It got. It was yeah. relevant. I swear. Yeah. He hasn't dropped the podcast live, but like it was relevant. Like, I wonder I'll tell why. You that now. I mean, that but was March. This is September. We, we were, still haven't heard. <laughs> we were saying like how interesting it is. Like like Ireland is so small. Like the population is tiny. The amount of people living here is pretty small as well. But the the variety of accents is like insane. Like it's huge. Like even. Um, like I live in North County Dublin and I don't understand what anyone says like I don't know what anyone says I know how to order a spice bag in North County Dublin slang but that's it like otherwise I'm just like mm, I don't know what you're saying <laughs> um, but if you cross over the other side of the bridge like the variety of accent is like so insane whereas I believe that in like Russia the entire like continent size of Russia there's only one accent like which is mental like they all speak with the same accent like no matter where you're from now again feel free to email the show and correct me on that as is on the Russian accent yeah Yeah. please some fella who speaks Irish living in Moscow please correct me about global stops in, in Russian I love that shit. Yeah. Um, it but, helps uh, you sleep at night. You know, in, in, in Ireland, it's like you can totally tell from, like, Emer, you're from Kerry. I mean, there's no Clearly. hiding that, really. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's as obvious as the nose on your face. Like, I mean, Thanks. we know you're from Kerry. Yeah. Um, you know, but I was you could turning tell... up to Gerardine's house last night and they were like, oh, do you like football? And I was like, no. Yeah, my and dad was like, devastated. For the love of God, do not tell her father. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just say I'm from Cork. And uh, literally, the man had just walked in the door, and all I hear was, "Call him, she's some Gary, but she doesn't like football. So don't ask her anything about it." And I'm like, "I was gonna, I was gonna it, say you were never gonna fool him with the accent anyway, because the Cork accent is so different, yeah. like, and it's such a. I mean, maybe Midlands accents are a little bit more meshed together. Maybe that's just because I have a, a ringing in my ears every time I hear a normal leash accent, and I'm like, "Ah, make it stop! It's so terrible." Um, there's a bit of an internalized like self hatred there. Yeah. We should talk. We should go back on Blind Boy and talk about like. The, the philosophical reasons for that. Yeah, yeah I feel probably. Have us back. Probably yeah. not. Probably not after um, the last time. <laughs> but like, there, it's so interesting to see like a Limerick accent, like because Limerick won the Old Ireland there recently. Spoiler alert! Sorry guys, they they won the hurling there. Um, but like, uh, their accents are so so unique. Like we were at uh, Hermitage Greens the other night, and Hermitage Greens accents are like 
purely American accents. Like, they're lovely, my favorite guys. thing in the world. Lovely, fab accents. Yeah. But like, you'd fucking know they were from Limerick. Like, they're not lying to you about nothing. Like, they're a <laughs> uh, blind boy as well. He's got a he's got a great Limerick accent. Yeah. And like that is like the one thing that genuinely shocked me was well, first of all how like sound he is, but second really of all, fine. oh my, like that's his voice. Yeah. Like he's not he's not acting with that one. Like that that's his voice. Yeah, he's uh, like he called us beforehand to let us in and he was like, I can't, I mean, I'm not going to do it now, I can't do the accent. Yeah. But like he was like, um, you know, hello, Garoji and Emer in Limerick accent. But we were like, oh, Jesus, that's Blind Boy. And then we met him and he gave us his real name, which is, no, I'm kidding. Um, he like shook our hands and we were like, oh, this must be Blind Boy because he's got that accent. Like you're not hiding that accent yeah. anyway. I wonder how he stays anonymous, actually. We should ask him that. Because it's probably the minute, to do with the bag over his the, head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to point out the obvious. Yeah, people are probably like, "Oh, you sound like Blind Boy," and he's like, "Yep, yeah, sure." Yeah. Um, but uh, so I lived in in Cork for four years, and I picked up a bit of a Cork accent every now and then. Um, and then again, the internalized self hatred of being from Leash that I I hide the accent, but every now and then it slips out, and I'm like, "Oh, I was going to the bus to the bus," <laughs> and then everyone's like. Oh, what did she say? And I'm like, no, I hate this. Um, But like, it's interesting to see how much like, like I was in I was in Finland until recently. I talk a lot about Finland and their show, guys. Um, I used to live there. Uh, I came home recently, but I went to see the All Ireland at an Aussie bar, and this is guy behind the bar, and like he was like, like a guy, like he was, and then he opened his mouth and he had an Australian accent and I was like, oh, have my children, like, I love you. (laughs) Like, it's so funny how like an accent will just like make somebody infinitely more attractive. Like, you have a thing for a Cork accent, you fucking weirdo. Like, I do. What's wrong with you? No one has ever been turned on by a Cork accent in their life. (laughs) I love a good Cork accent and a good Welsh accent. Yeah, no, I get that. I get a Welsh accent, but a Cork accent, I mean, that's a war crime, actually, I I believe it is. Yeah, it's the Geneva (laughs) Conventions. It's a war crime. Um, But like, you know, I have a soft spot now for an old Donegal. Anyone from Donegal? Say something. Go on. Anything. Uh, go on. We'll keep, keep an eye on your man. Keep an eye on your man. Sing a song. <laughs> oh, Daniel O'Donnell's class. <laughs> I disagree. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Does, does it do well with the ladies? Is this your lady? Yeah, it does. does well with yeah. the she, oh, you don't get it. Oh, she's from Brazil. She doesn't even get it. Oh, you don't know what you have. Yeah, you need to yeah, appreciate it. Treasure <laughs> him. <laughs> um, but yeah. like, I mean, no one has ever had that reaction to a leash accent. No one's ever been like, oh, yes, have my children. You're from leash. Have you any land? Like, <laughs> okay, please come in come out in, of the come rain. In, come in. We're not going to kick you out. Or if you leave, we don't care. There's another door there. Those so, lads like, are gone. They're now. See look, that fella there? With, yeah. He's leaving. So, yeah. Why were we not good enough? Why don't you why don't you like us? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're we know fine. who you are. Um, this is a really surreal experience yeah. for both of us. Uh, I think uh, for me this is really surreal because I as I said I've, I mentioned it once or twice from the area. Um, but I've been coming to a lecture picnic since about 2005. Um, I've been buying tickets since about 2010. So that means I've been hopping over walls for about five years. Um, so it's really weird being on stage now. It's really weird being here. Um, very exciting. If you ask, my, my mom has been going around the area for the last like week telling everybody that I'm on the lineup. So class yeah uh shout out to dolores for doing that thanks she took a load of embarrassing school photos of me this morning like <laughs> oh we had to stand for the, the photographs in the kitchen <laughs> it was like not really first day of school but yeah. not really girls night out 
Yeah. We were just standing no. in front of the fridge. I mean, it would have been a pretty like, cool school that let you wear yeah. like full on like leopard print coat that yeah. I was humming and hawing about wearing. But now it's raining. I'm glad I wore it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's a really surreal experience. I'm really glad to have been, been asked to do it. I yeah. flew home early from Finland to be here. I know hashtag selfless guys. I'm so fucking selfless to be here for you all. <laughs> not like i was given a vip pass or anything but yeah, yeah. um it's really nice well. to be here any questions sorry i got sidetracked there talking yeah about you just kind of went off anyone, on your own there. Um, anyone else who's come since listen to the show or do we lose all of our le- regular listeners you have all of them did. gone one like, guy oh God, at the back brian's editing is too good he makes him sound producer. unreal <laughs> no questions there. Sorry, y'all. oh oh, oh. So he's asking, he's been saying, I've been here since 2005. What's one of my favorite Electric Picnic memories? And that's a really good question. Thank you, sir. Oh, that is a I like your hat. Um, I suppose it's it's one of my favorite like acts at Electric Picnic. Um, Arctic Monkeys were here in 2013. They played from the AM album and it was amazing. And their new album is shite. So uh, that was a really good memory and I can hold on to it because they're never going to be that good again. But I suppose Electric Picnic itself, I, sp- I I mean, it was a lot of fun hopping over fences <laughs> um, because we would get caught and then we'd try again. And like the security was kind of shit the first couple of years. So it was pretty easy to get in. And then they started like, like uh, you know, threatening to call the guards. So then I got less crack. So we were like, all right, maybe we should buy tickets, guys. Um, so that kind of thing, you know, all my friends being around the area, there's a great buzz around Strably. Um, like the couple of days beforehand, um, even the week beforehand when all the security come, from my back garden, you can hear like the music. It's really nice. So it's a really nice buzz. It, it brings a great vibe to the area. So I suppose just being kind of a, a teenager, being around the area, hopping in over a fence. Great crack. Like yeah. that. the crack was there, guys. Would recommend if you can. Like, uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> mine is probably 2014, 2015. Um, myself and one of my best friends were the only two girls uh, in this tent one of the, the side tents along here for uh, Omar Soliman. Oh my God, he knows who Omar Soliman There we go. I was like, this is going to fall straight down. Um, yeah, so there was just two of us, uh, two two gals. Everyone else was on ketamine. And, <laughs> and we, were, we, were just, we were just dancing away to, to this lad from the yeah. Middle East. And it was class. August Vikeshtel and Son, not our plant in the audience. There was a lady yeah. here with another question. Um, lady who I don't know. Yes, you had a question, please. <laughs> She wanted to know was I from Leash. Um, yes, I am from Leash. Thank you, lady yeah. who I don't know. Yeah. We didn't plant her in the audience yeah, again. No. That was supposed to come earlier when I hadn't had a chance to talk about Leash, but thanks anyway, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not getting paid for that one. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. She can sleep in the tent tonight. Yeah. Um, any other questions, guys, before we wrap this shit up? No? Yes, Ooh. sir. Why charcoal mask? Right, so Blind Boy has amazing skin, like yes. amazing skin. And we were like, does the bag have like properties inside? <laughs> and then we were talking about skincare routines and he had said that he had put on a charcoal mask and he thought it was one of those ones that you peel away. So he was going to get that satisfying, like getting to look at the gunk that comes out of your face when yeah. you put, but it was like a clay mask. All of the ladies are like, yeah, like you don't peel off. Some of the gents, some of them have nice, you've yeah. got nice skin there. You know, you know what a clay mask is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so you don't, you don't peel them off and then he was saying that his skin had this is like so weird. <laughs> yeah. he had said uh, that his skin had like broken out after it and we were explaining that that's because the charcoal encourages 
like the shit that's in your skin to come out. Um, lads, I'm basically Jonathan Van Ness at this stage. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, that's the queer eye reference for those of you who don't know. Um, so that's why we talked about charcoal mask. But genuinely, he has amazing skin and he was saying that he thinks it's because like the bag protects him from like pollen and also like sunlight. But like, obviously there's not been a lot of research put into the dermatological benefits of wearing a plastic bag <laughs> over your face because... It's probably, yeah. you know, not, you probably couldn't get a good, like, sample number of people to voluntarily yeah. put a plastic bag over their face for, like, 10 plus years. But yeah, it's got great skin. So put a bag over your head, lads. Um, there's your uh, beauty yeah. tip for the day. Kishna, yeah. uh, guys, any other Kishna? No, you're all very quiet today. Two people are standing here, like, where yeah. are we? Dennis, uh, yeah, you there, chap with a beard. Do you think that it's genuine men stepping back to... Yeah, he's saying it's, it's... Sorry, I have to repeat for the podcast recording. He's saying it's, it's, it's popular to say that I'm pro-women. Um, I mean, that's a cynical response, I think. But I mean, I, I believe for some men, it's, it's the PR thing to do. For some companies, it's the PR thing to do. Like we were saying, feminism's trendy now. Like, you've got people like, you know, Dua Lipa singing, she don't give a fuck. Like all of these, like it's it's really trendy. It's you can you can buy shirts with like feminist slogans in them, and like I'm a fucking idiot for it. Like I will give anybody <laughs> to that, like, even if it's like they're probably made by children in Bangladesh. But I'm like, oh yes, ladies unite. But um, I do. I don't think it's fully genuine, and I feel like sometimes there is an agenda behind it. Like so, men are are. are you know, organizations giving power to women, it's probably, you know, where's the benefit in that? It's probably not out of the goodness of your heart. But then I was really involved in, in repeal in the past year. Um, I was on Lawyers for Choice and, and ran the local campaign here in Leash. And we wouldn't have got where we were without the help of men who were involved in it. Obviously, it was a female-led campaign, but we could not have done it without, you know, there was a huge vote. There were men who voted for us, voted with us, um, that of an issue that doesn't, directly affect them obviously it affects men but i i do think that there you know there is a certain cynicism in that but it's it's accurate cynicism and we should be skeptical about the reasons why men are deciding oh we're going to give this or we're going to give that but we're not going to give you equal pay you know that's because that costs us guys um but uh yeah i do think there is there's a lot to lot more to be done um i think there's a lot to be done in terms of making men realize that it is a men's issue as well it's not just something that you're doing something nice we're just going to give the ladies a dig out because they're sound and she might shift me afterward. Um, you know, there's there's more to it. Um, so I think uh, there is a lot more to be done. But that starts. It's called, like, I didn't think it would go here, but thank yeah. you for that. We can talk I about mean, feminism could, later. <laughs> yeah, we could do an hour podcast on that alone, yeah. really. But, but any other questions? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So she's asking what other issues. I, I mentioned earlier there's other issues in the Constitution. There's other issues to come up. Um, so I've talked about this a little bit uh, on Twitter, I think. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. But um, So the, the woman's place in the home, that doesn't directly affect anybody. Like I, I don't think it, it really has much of an impact on laws or on implementation of laws. But it sets a negative tone. So it says in our... Um, uh, in our constitution that the woman's place is in the home. What does directly affect women is divorce. It takes six years to get a divorce in Ireland. Um, it's It holds up people's lives. Uh, women are sometimes more adversely affected. That is not to say that men are not adversely affected. You know, it holds up entire families um, and it has negative impacts on women. So I think divorce is one of the things definitely has to change. Also, um, 
citizenship rights. There was a referendum in 2004 that meant that uh, it changed the rights of citizenship when you were born here. That has huge implications on, on, on vulnerable women, uh, such as like private, pregnant asylum seekers. Um, it's, it's hugely problematic. So I think those are the ones that we should be focusing on. I'm happy to remove the, the, the I think it's 41 point something, uh, the women's place in the home, but I think that our energy is better spent on something else. But I have not got energy for another fucking referendum right now. <laughs> so yeah, maybe not that. Um, so there's a lot in that. Uh, so yeah. you were saying about Duolingo. We had done an episode on Duolingo. And then, oh, the guards are here. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> They're here for us afterwards. Hide your yokes, lads. <laughs> no, uh, he's you saying saw about, nothing. <laughs> he's, uh, you, you weren't here for the hopping over the wall bit. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we talked about Duolingo. And then was it a problem with, is it textbooks you were saying? Um. I don't know. I didn't relearn really Irish as an adult. <laughs> but uh, I'm learning uh, Swedish at the minute, and I'm learning that mostly through Duolingo, but also I speak um, Swedish with some friends. Again, I mentioned I lived in Finland, and my other half is a Swedish speaker, so I, I speak Swedish that way. So I think you definitely don't need it. It applies to any language. You don't need a book to learn that language. Obviously, they're a good aid. Um, I don't know what you think about it, Emer, um, what your focus has been on, on or what your opinion of but I mean no one ever was like oh that grammar book was what got me you know true me aura like yeah, <laughs> it was never um, I think genuinely what helped me most just mentioning the Irish oral there for the even yeah. sort of seems to be kind of the biggest thing that people talk about uh, what got me through mine really was um, conversation groups yeah yeah um, I mean there's no other way to learn a language yeah. than to speak it you know yeah, um, I mean, obviously that's hard to implement in a classroom um, and there is kind of more innovative ways to teach. But, uh, you know, when you've got a uh, you, teachers are underfunded. Look, this is, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to get yeah. conversation, uh, get people up to conversation standard when you're already struggling in so many different ways. Um, uh, so I don't think I think the books are good. Some books are good. I do some grinds and stuff. So I, I, I teach kids and I find the books good. But I think the best thing is, is having the opportunity to talk. But not everybody has that. Um we, you know, there is such thing as a, a, the pop-up girl talks now are getting really popular. We've had, we've talked about the pop-up girl in October before. Um, so if you are in learning or being uh, kind of wanting to go back and learn, please just go to something like that. Nobody's going to judge you. Like the people who judge you for speaking Irish aren't there because they're no crack and they won't go. Um, uh, you know, we just want to encourage people to speak Irish. So the pop-up girl go over there. If you wanted to, to go and speak Irish, that's the place to do it. Even if you only have a word here and there, like, honestly, if somebody's going to, we've said it a thousand times. Yeah. If somebody's like, oh, you did your Tishel Ginnadak wrong, like, get that person out of your life. Like, what yeah. a negative Nelly. Like, ew. Like, yeah. you know, if you if you actually ask for advice, that's fine. But, like, if somebody's correcting you, like, left, right and center and criticizing you for getting something wrong when you're learning, you know, that shouldn't be the attitude. So don't be, I think it's fear that holds people back a lot of the time learning as an adult. Um, so just like you're going to be grand. Most Irish speakers in those um, those groups are nice. Um, yeah. So um, and if they're not, find some nice people. All right. Um, it's raining out there now. So, yeah. I mean, you can ask questions because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but listen, uh, we'll probably wrap it up there. So um, we just want to point out a couple of things. We have a live show. Uh, again, the previous podcast had one as well. We've got one on the 10th of October in the Sugar Club. It's part of the Dublin Podcast Festival. Uh, tickets are on Ticketmaster. And we're doing it in conjunction with the Irish History Podcast, which was named one of the top five podcasts to listen to, including ours, along with 
Blind Bible Club. Lads, we're class. We are class. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you liked what you saw, please buy a ticket and come along. As we mentioned, Derek has a second book coming out. It's called Crack Baby. His first book is really sweet. Um, it's dedicated to his kind of his dad and his relationship with teaching his daughter Irish. And his second book is more focused on his his little baba teaching her Irish, yeah. I believe. Um, so it's a really sweet book. And there's some really funny kind of interesting tidbits of information on it. Um, so yeah, I think we've done enough for him there now, haven't we? Have you anything to promote there, Emer? Follow her on Twitter, she's good. Yeah, I mean, like my PayPal is in my Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, no, I have absolutely nothing. Like I said, I, I I sold out from this to work a corporate job, so I. Yeah, yeah but you got paid, yeah. whereas I'm still in academia, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I need to do this picnic because I need the cash. Um, but uh, I, I might promote. If anyone knows anyone who is an Irish speaker who was arrested. Or interviewed by the guards in any way, uh, please let me know because I'll be interested to talk to them about my research. Or as somebody who is deaf or uses ISL, it's part of my research. Um, if you want to talk to me more about that, please uh, let me know. I'm more than happy to talk about it. And it's for a good cause. It's for research. Maybe something important will come out of it. Um, yeah, so I am at Garodine on Twitter, spelled phonetically. Uh, my Twitter handle is at TuckworkEmer. T-O-C-H-M-A-R-C-E-I-M-E-I-R you'll, you'll never remember that one so and the fine. podcast <laughs> handle is uh, Mother Folklore which is at Mother Folklore um, so please follow it um, and uh, if you liked our podcast our podcast episodes come out every Friday on the Headstuff Studio po- uh, Podcast Network and on podcasts and, and Spotify and all those places yeah. that you get podcasts uh, so tell your friends yes okay please. thanks guys cheers okay thank you this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, fellow Egypts, this is Tara Flynn. And if you need some background, I'm on taraflynn.ie. That's my website. But forget we're websites, that's so passe, am I right? Let's do a podcast. So I'm going to do a podcast for the Headstuff Podcast Network called Taranoia, which is based on my own special, peculiar brand of insecurity and fear, which I have to battle to get shit done. So for half an hour, roughly every week, maybe two a week to start, just to get us all started, I'll talk about life and love and lessons learned and maybe a bit of mad crack, like might make up some ads based on your suggestions, might answer some awkward questions or your ludicrous statements. Whatever you'd like me to do, let's do it. I'll also have some incredible guests. We've recorded a couple already and I'm looking forward to doing some more. So please follow me on Instagram. I'm not begging, just saying if you'd like to, please follow me on Instagram at Tara Flynn IRL for updates or check out This Head Stuff at This Head Stuff on Twitter. We're launching on the 10th of September, so subscribe now wherever you get your podcast to make sure you get it as soon as it comes out. And I would ask you to rate and review, maybe even share if you'd like, but I'm a little bit too paranoid to do that yet. So listen, we'll see you on the 10th of September for the first one. There'll be another one a few days later. And remember, we're all Egypts, but we're all only doing our best. See you for Taranoia. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.